You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson, who's on a much-deserved break this week. Sonia Sanchez is an award-winning poet and playwright. She was an important figure in the American Black Arts Movement in the 1960s and 70s. Here's a clip of her performing her poem, Middle Passage, in 2008. Sanchez performing her poem Middle Passage back in 2008. Sanchez was in Detroit last week to be honored at the Charles H. Wright Museum. The event also included a screening of a documentary made about her life and career called Bad. That's bad with two lowercase d's followed by three uppercase d's. I spoke with Sanchez ahead of her visit to Detroit. Here's that conversation. I don't know, you know, how one's career, you know, propels you to, you know, getting anything in this place called America except the joy of being in a place like the museum, the Charles Wright Museum, being involved with that kind of history and history. What I've tried to do is simply, and I think perhaps it one sees it in the film, just to tell the truth about this country. It was a, an amazing moment in history and history when many of us realized that we lived in a country that did not love us and did not care what happened to us, didn't care if we were educated or not educated, or if we lived well, if we lived in slums or whatever. That is a, a startling kind of thing, and one had to then begin to, what I always say, reimagine ourselves on this American landscape and what that reimagination would mean, would do to us, would place us would make us begin to do work. And so it was after I had graduated from a place called Hunter College that I began to search and seek for people who were thinking like me, but also for those organizations and those places that also would begin to teach me something that else that I need to know besides that college uh, education that I had at that particular point. So um, it was that, that move, that movement, that sense of direction, uh, that sense of looking at the world, you know, that we need needed to to deal with and, and to be a part of, you know, at this particular point. So and I and I'm just honored uh, that a place, that museum would take the time to show the film that the people did on me, but also to uh, honor me 
because, um, and I always say that when I get an honor, it is an honor also that belongs to the people that I work with and the people who are striving to live and to live well and to to live as human beings and on this earth. So, yeah, so I always like to accept that award, you know, just, you know, with the people that I've been involved with also and who have loved uh, themselves and loved this country and attempted to teach this country just how humane people of color are and how much they have contributed to this country and to the world. Uh, something that I know that the Charles H. Wright Museum is doing, and it seems like they're sort of framing this event in this context, is really exploring this year uh, in the anniversary of the 1967 uprising here in Detroit. um, That, you know, you touched on this moment that you say there was suddenly this uh, sort of awakening or this sort of uh, change in, in, in viewpoint uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and could you talk a little bit about that and how that sort of relates to some of the, so the uprisings and, or, or riots or how, whatever you want to call them around the country? Yes. Uh, I, we never called them riots. We always called them rebellions. We understood fully what people were attempting to do, uh, you know, how they were attempting to, to at some point express uh, all much of the anger that they felt, uh, my dear brother. Um, but, you know, you also, when you get information, when you study, uh, when you truly understand uh, one's place, you know, here in this world, then, you know, you know that rebellions, was, were, they were not the answer, but they certainly were an indication of just how oppressed and how angry, you know, and how disturbed, you know, and how many people felt about the assassination of Brother Martin, but also about the conditions that they lived in, you know. So it, it, it is, you know, an honor to be here and to be a part of that discussion um, that will take place, too, about what has, what was happening, what has happened, um, you know, in this country. And it was certainly an indication for this country, for America, to see and understand that um, I, I think people are very much upset and disturbed and 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 are willing to express that disturbance um, uh, in this manner, in this fashion. You and I know that this is not uh, the way to get uh, quite often the kind of not only attention, but, you know, surcease from what, what had happened in the major cities uh, here in America and all over the country. But... Um, you know, I understood it. I understand it. You know, uh, we understood exactly, you know, why people were responding. They were saying to this country, look, you know, we have taken this a long time and, you know, we really cannot take this anymore. You cannot say that much of our activism is incorrect and then you would, you know, also be a part of the, the slaying of this great man of peace, uh, Brother Martin uh, Luther King. So, um, you know, I, I understood that. And, you know, you, you would think that when that happened, the country would look up and say, now what do we do? 
what can we do to repair this? How can we repair these cities? How can we help these cities grow? How can we help these cities become a part of America that we wanted? And you and I know that it was the, it was just the, the exact opposite of that. So there's a lot of work to be done in this country, my dear brother. There's a lot of, of information that we have at this point. There's a lot of work considering, you know, the, uh, this recent election uh, that has happened here that we certainly must in no uncertain terms uh, begin a real discussion of how do we really save America, you know, and how we could perhaps begin to rebuild this country, but rebuild it with dignity and with dignity dignity for all and moving away for the racism that has permeated this country. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're speaking with poet and playwright Sonia Sanchez, a central figure in the black arts movement, someone who uh, was just in Detroit to be honored at the Charles H. Wright Museum, along with a screening of a documentary about her life and career called Bad. You said once the spirit of words and the act of speaking words has the power to change the world. And it's sort of an interesting it's an interesting contrast to sort of think of those two things at the same time. How has that uh, sort of idea, you know, guided your career and guided your social activism? Yes, words. I have seen I've taught. I taught in the university for 40 years. I have read my poetry and, and given speeches, and I've seen people, you know, change, you know, I've seen them stand up, I've seen them come up with tears and say, thank you so much, you've given me direction, I know what I must do, I know that it's important for me to drop some of these secret smells of racism, you know, and hatred that I that I that I've carried with me and move in a different uh, in a different fashion. So it is that that we talk about in terms of the idea of words, the idea of poetry, you know, changing an entire audience, uh, uh, the idea of teaching uh, Richard Wright and Jimmy Baldwin, you know, uh, and Ellis and Tony Morrison and Alice Walker. Um, uh, you know, and Audrey Lord and 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 uh, Baraka and Haki uh, and all of the younger poets, you know, out there in Detroit. Uh, uh, I will see um, our dear sister out there who's in the film, right? Um, uh, you know, all of these younger people who are dealing with words right now, um, uh, as they give the words to the people. These words penetrate the brain and marrow and bloodstream. And many of these young people are being reborn through these words. So as a poet, I sort of assume that um, with the, this, this really importance that you put on, on words and use of words and how they affect people, I would assume that, that you would see a pretty important role for poets in this day and age as, as always, of course. But I'm, I'm oh, curious, yes. I, I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think of... Uh, the current state of of poetry and our consumption of poetry, and you know, in this in this world of of social media and uh, you know, limited characters on things like Twitter and so forth, I'm just wondering uh, where you see poetry fitting in uh, in in American society in terms of you know making it accessible to people, and 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 if you think that anything has really changed in terms of how words can be used to affect people's lives in that in that way that poetry does. Well, I think when we see the film, we, you hear my discussion, my talk. Also, 
and and the poems that that I have written and people from the Black Arts Movement, you know, my my dear brother, you know, it affected everything. I mean, the idea of Black Arts is a long essay that we do in in, in the in the front of SOS, calling all Black people. That's a poem from Baraka, you know. And what that was about simply is just saying that those poems that we did were uh, poems that that not only taught, but it also gave people uh, a way of looking at the world, the way a way of living, a way of uh, trying to reimagine themselves on this American landscape of being, um, and also just being. You know how how. Uh, you know, these poems, poets began to try to ask the question, what does it mean to be human on this earth, you know, uh, you know, here in a place called America? Um, uh, and so, you know, we all tried in, in with some of the poets that I mentioned um, and with the younger poets like Jessica Caremore, you know, in your city of Detroit, uh, they begun to uh, dialogue, you know, with younger people about, you know, you know, the truth and 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 what it really means to, to walk upright as a human being, to treat people properly, to demand of a country uh, that uh, they began to treat uh, people of color, you know, with dignity and respect um, and to remove uh, them from that arena, what I call that death arena or that non-caring arena, um, because these are indeed Americans, although some people don't really believe perhaps that they are really Americans. Um, yeah, so... So, so do you yes. think that do you think that poetry could have that kind of but, impact oh, today that oh it did gosh, back then? Yes, I saw it. I've lived. I've had people come up to me and tell me that I saw you twenty years ago, and you, that happened up at Amherst just you know yesterday. That you changed my entire life. You changed mm. my direction. Oh no, no words. These words that we said. These these songs that we sang. You know. You know. Uh, you know, it, those vibrations that we gave out into the world, those vibrations changed people, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like humming and singing will change, you know, and whistling, all those of, of vibratory kinds of things that would change this body. That's what I meant about the words, you know, changing people and making them really look up and say, you know, I will not be what I used to be. I will be something that is quite different. So uh, the Black Arts Movement, in a sense, really saved poetry from just always a reading in, uh, of t- in front of ten people in the library. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it it in it, in uh, it, when we began to teach poetry, you know, we began to teach poetry also as something that was living, that was not dead. You know, it mm-hmm. was not a dead art. It was a living art. It was an art simply that would, would also walk with us as we walked in the streets of the world, you know, saying things. It was the Neruda's words, you know. It was Gillian's words, you know. It was all these people. It was um, uh, Gugiwa Siongo and Chinua Chebe's words. They were people that we looked up at in the world, you know, who were, who were talking and writing. And we were saying these are words that will give us the energy and the light that we need to, to to erase much of this darkness that has penetrated the minds and souls and the countries that we are living in. 
You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson today, and we're speaking with poet and playwright Sonia Sanchez, someone who was at the sort of the heart of the black arts movement back in the 60s and 70s, someone who was also in Detroit over the weekend to be honored at the Charles H. Wright Museum. And uh, during that event, they also did a screening of a film, a documentary about her life and career called Bad. When it comes to the film itself, uh, is it sort of surreal having someone make a, a, a film about your life and your career? Is it, uh, you know, what, what was that? What was that experience like? Well, when people came to ask, I told them no. I told them there were other people on this earth who had done, you know, um, you know, great work, and you should go seek them out. And then they came back again, and I said, No, I haven't changed my mind. I don't think that this is, you know, I am, you know, this. This is I, I, this is not what we were doing the work for. You're right. And then uh, they came again, and when they left that third time, my children said to me, and I should never forget it, they said, Mom, are you going to do... I said, why would someone want to come sit and look at a documentary about me? I said, you know, my life has been ordinary and extraordinary, right? And I don't know how one puts that into any kind of context. And then... They said, you know, Mom, people need to look at your film and see how your generation survived, you know, with the pressure, with the oppression, with what was going on in the world, how you survived, how you lived, you know, how you were able to move, you know, you know, in this context of an America that decided, you know, we don't really want to hear your words. We don't really want you teaching in these universities. You know, you bring all these so-called progressive, you know, leftist, sometimes leftist people in, you know, um, we don't want, you know, to that to be, you know, in our universities. And you've started black studies and then came women's studies and Jewish studies and Chicano studies and Asian studies. And this is disrupting the, our university where you know, at some point the, the general color was white, you know, mm. and, and we could teach history in such a way that you never mentioned the fact that there were any, there was a Harriet Tubman, uh, there were insurrections, you know, there were people, you know, who really did things. You know, the Underground Railroad, none of that really at all. And so what I'm saying simply, you know, that, uh, you know, we we brought Jimmy Baldwin into a classroom. Imagine that. We brought Invisible Man and Richard Wright, you know, uh, Black Boy, into the classroom. You know, you know we taught uh, women. You know, I taught the first course in America on the Black woman at the University of Pitt. And they sent a letter down to me saying, you know, we've never had a course called The Black Woman. What would you teach? And <laughs> who were the people you would teach? And I sent that back. But that was not my idea. That was the idea of the of my students. Because one day I said nonchalantly, you know, you're always with me until 8 o'clock at night. I've got to go home to my children. And I said offhandedly, you know, just, you know, I, sometimes I think we need a course, you know, on 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 you and us and when i came to my office the next morning at eight o'clock the students were lined up outside my office saying yes professor sanchez you should teach a course and i said of course i did what the black woman they said that's it can you imagine you know what comes out of discussions with people and that was the first course in america on the black woman at the university of pitt right wow. 
and yeah, and in it, you know, you began that Hurstrian history coming from the continent, right, of Africa, and then here and our enslavement and what all of that meant. But in the midst of it also, there were things that as a young professor, I hadn't touched on, but a student stood up and said, I hate all men. Um, um, uh, and she was talking about incest. Incest had, had happened to her. So I had to go home. Uh, I had in that classroom, I went to my syllabus and wrote in the margin incest. And then I had to go into the library for the entire weekend to find books on that, to find uh, uh, what, how I would teach it, how we would approach it. In the main, meantime, I got help for that young sister. Wow. So what I'm saying simply, you know, this teaching that we did, this searching for truth, I always say we went looking for ourselves, and I found what Japanese-Americans I had two Japanese-American students in my class, and as I was heading for my lit class, someone said, Professor Sanchez, we've been doing some research here, you know, um, in, in the department, and we think that there were concentration camps, and we think from what it's saying, here's a, here's a picture of a poster, you know, and I came in, and there was this poster about report, blah, 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 blah. And I, my two Japanese-American students got very annoyed at me because they said they knew nothing about concentration camps. Their parents had never spoken to them. But on the way out, I handed it to them. They said, would you just ask them this weekend and see? And they came back to class on that Tuesday, my dear brother, crying with tears in their eyes. And their parents had taught them, had told them about the concentration camps. They had been in concentration camps because during the war, they thought these Japanese Americans were not true Americans, you see, and they would be involved with all kinds of espionage. And, and they were never involved. They were never at all. They joined up to fight in that war also, too. So when you go searching for yourself, I found out you see Japanese Americans, you see Chinese Americans in the West building railroads, banging dynamite in, 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 in stone, you know, in brick and, and rock and exploding in yellows. You know, you saw uh, Chinese Americans in Chinese laundries when I was growing up in New York City. And they would say to my sister, who was yellow with slanted eyes and bangs, you Chinese, you Chinese, right? Um, we found gays in a place called San Francisco, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, being abused um, uh, by the government, but they, they resurrected themselves and 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 electing a mayor, uh, you know, who was gay there. Um, you know, we found Chicanos uh, being laughed at in movies, you know, and we brought that to the forefront. And that's how we got Chicano studies, Puerto Rican studies, uh, Asian studies, um, uh, Jewish studies, women's studies, you know, all these other studies came out of the, the black studies that we knew that education was uh, important in these universities and in these high schools that we must begin to teach uh, these young people who they really are, what they are about, so therefore we can really have more change in this country. We went searching for ourselves. That sounds like a great thesis statement for any artist or, or poet out there, I think. Mm-hmm. That's right. When you go searching for yourself, you find others who have been oppressed also. And that was the joy of teaching, my dear brother, being at the forefront of the beginnings of, of, of Black Studies. And we thought, whoa, Black Studies, and it just went off in other directions. And it, we were a part of that, you see. Uh, mm. And that is the great thing that happens to many of us in this country as artists. 
That's award-winning poet and playwright Sonia Sanchez, a central figure in the black arts movement of the 1960s and 70s, talking with me about her life, her career, and being honored last week at the Charles H. Wright Museum in Detroit. If you missed some of today's show, you can hear all of our conversations on the Detroit Today podcast. Download and subscribe on iTunes or wherever podcasts are available. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson. This is uh, WDET, Detroit's public radio station. Thank you so much for joining us today on Detroit Today.